Hello everyone, welcome back to Health by Heather Hirsch. I am talking before you on the date of March 18th, 2020, and I had this thought last night that I couldn't get out of my head, that this is the defining moment of most of our lives. We all remember where we were when 9-11 happened, and we are all going to remember exactly where we were, what we did, and how we acted during the pandemic of 2020. What an interesting time to think about. This is our defining moment. So as I had these thoughts last night, I wrote down, I actually scribbled down a couple of things that I thought might just sort of shed some positivity during this time where anxiety is high, we're all feeling a little tense, and we're all starting to wonder what is going to happen to us in the next coming weeks, because life has shifted tremendously within just a short amount of time, a few days really. So let's sort of think about making this our defining moment, stepping up to what we kind of have to step up to, and working together to bring about some type of positivity of this experience to your psyche when you tell your children and grandchildren about this pandemic. Let's get into it. Hi, and welcome to Health by Heather Hirsch, a podcast dedicated to uncovering many of the women's health issues many of us are wondering about, but few of us are talking about. My mission is to expose the current gaps in knowledge and care on all things women's health. Enjoy. All right, guys, I might make this a little bit short today because I really just want to kind of get to the point and I want to try to bring out some of the positivity, if there is any, of this pandemic. Now, it's a little early for that, and this is going to go on for a little bit of time. But last night, I scribbled down some of these thoughts that were swirling in my head that I just sort of wanted to put out into the universe. And I've got a couple of different themes that I want to share with you. And the first one is, this is a shared global experience. For the first time in almost anyone's lives, Everyone across the globe is working on one thing and one thing only. We all have to sort of abide by the same social rules, these new social rules, like social distancing, staying away from people at the grocery store, not even going to the park, trying to educate our children from home if you have young children, or trying to work from home if this is something that's totally new to you, like like my dad, who is in his mid to late 60s. He's an accountant. He has always gone to the office. He's worked from the office from like 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. for just decades of his life. So we're all having to adapt. And this adaption is a shared global experience. You know, have you ever thought about that when you were kind of just taking a walk around your block or maybe you stepped outside to your backyard for a breath of fresh air that we are all thinking the same thing at the same time? What a unique time for us to sort of try to stow away some of the major political issues that we have amongst each other because we all have to, we all have to work together in order to get through this pandemic. It's fascinating to me. And again, the last pandemic, as we all well aware of now, was 1918 influenza. But nobody really remembers the 1918 influenza. Obviously, you would, you'd be 102. if So anyone who's 102 or older 
was alive during that time, but that still means that they were like infants. So I doubt they have a really strong memory of that pandemic. And we didn't have at the time this like social connect. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have this social connection among each other. So it is a really fascinating time that we are in this together. We're all going to remember, we're all going to tell our children and our grandchildren exactly how we acted, what we did, and what we thought during this pandemic. So you have this opportunity to become the person that you need to be, that you want to be. This is the defining moment in many of our lives, whether we want it to be or not. We don't, right? Nobody really wants to be in this pandemic right now. But it is a defining moment that everyone across the world will remember. And our children will tell their children and tell their children exactly what happened to their great-grandparents. So be the best version of yourself. Number two, this is present day history. That just kind of goes off from that last, that last thought. This is present day history, right? This is going to be something that is studied for years. And not only is it something that like our children are going to tell their children and, and this whole sort of like, oh, it'll be in the textbooks, you know, when we're, when we're all long gone. But like, this is going to have a big effect on us in six months. It's going to have a big effect on, you know, politics in six months. It's going to have a huge effect in nine months. I think about potentially some of the massive health outcomes that are going to come out of just the, just getting over the hump of the pandemic. Like, you know, I mean, for example, say we do have a vaccine and we do have coronavirus under a little bit of control. Think of all of the years we are going to spend like looking back at all of this data, thinking about how children may or may not have been vectors, thinking about the ethics of this situation. This is going to be something that we continue to think about a lot, whether that brings out anxiety or not. It's just going to be a thing. Now you can definitely avoid it and right now you can't, but this is definitely going to be something that is going to be uh, affecting the rest of our lives affecting short-term history as well as really long-term history. So again, think about how you want to live. Think about how you are going to take this defining moment in history, this like unique time to be the best person that you were put on this planet to be. So the next theme I thought about is that kindness really matters more than ever. We always want to be kind and we should be kind. But acting for the greater good of society is something that we... You know, some of us may be better than others, but it's something that maybe not comes supernaturally for many of us, or we've thought about it, or we've donated food, you know, to a food shelter at Thanksgiving, or we volunteered here or there. And this is just like a completely different level. This is thinking about people who may be affected way down the line from you that you don't even know, that you can't even see, that you that you won't even ever know, and thinking about that person and doing what's best for them. So this is just crazy, but that's kind of what that social distancing means. We really have to stay away from each other because we really, we may pass it to someone who's asymptomatic and asymptomatic and asymptomatic, who then gets it to a child, who then maybe passes it to a grandparent. So again, it's really thinking about the greater good of the world. It's thinking about the greater good of society. And it's just something that at least me and my, you know, 37, almost 38 years of life can't remember a time where I really had to put my personal values aside, put my personal goals aside for just this moment in time. But that is what makes this the defining moment. Hopefully we come out of this pandemic. We don't have to have another pandemic. We don't know that. But again, 
we have to think way bigger than just ourselves. Now we have to protect our family units. We have to teach them the right thing to do. We have to model for our children, especially children who are, you know, for all children. And obviously I'm, I have young children. So, you know, I want to be able to show them that mom has, you know, ways to cope with anxiety. Mom has some work to do and you guys are going to have to adapt too. Mom has to adapt. We all have to adapt. But then there's challenges of teenagers and college students that I, I can't imagine, but I, I can suspect it's teaching them <laughs> that time where your brain is still developing. You think you are the center of the world. I can't imagine teaching them what it's like to have to put down and put away some of their personal aspirations and their personal goals and wants and needs for the good of greater society. I, it'd be really hard if I was... 14 or 21 to understand that as it is hard for adults who have fully formed brains. So kindness really matters. And this is the defining moment to be kind. All right, we also have to face our fear. So this is sort of like, unfortunately, or fortunately, it's just here. This is sort of like shop shock therapy for anyone who experiences like generalized anxiety or just basic anxiety baseline, which many of us do have some generalized anxiety. We have really good coping skills or we've developed them over the years. And some people do have some more severe forms of generalized anxiety disorder. And this is a time where, unfortunately, we're all quite anxious. So everyone's anxiety levels of feeling tense are are, are a little bit higher than normal. But we kind of have to step up. We have to sort of look around and say we are all anxious and the anxiety is not going to drive anything helpful. So this is shock therapy. So for those of you who don't know what shock therapy is, it's, it sounds obvious. So if you have a fear of flying, shock therapy is just putting you in a plane and making you kind of go up and down and up and down a hundred times. And while it's super, super unnerving and scary, after you do it a hundred times, you start to your, your brain starts to learn that, you know, this isn't that scary. Those sounds are normal. The way the plane kind of has some turbulence is absolutely normal. Those are safe. That doesn't mean that the plane's going down. So this is this sort of shock therapy for all of us who have anxiety because we are put into a situation in which we cannot control the outside world very much, but we have to just kind of take some deep breaths, use our coping skills as best as we can. Because this is the defining moment for those of us who are at baseline, anxious and nervous and scared for our families. And interestingly, whether this is good or not, I sort of thought about fast forwarding a year or so. I know you can hear my dog in the background, so I apologize, but we're we're at home and so I'm adapting and so my listeners get to adapt too. So that's my dog, Zoe. She barks at everything that walks by. She thinks it is her absolute job to protect this house, which of course it is. What other job do dogs have, right? Besides for stealing food off her kitchen table. So if she barks or you hear my kids say, mom, that's because they're downstairs. But I was thinking about thinking of of those of us who have anxiety and how this is going to play out in six months, in nine months, in two years. There will probably be nothing that compares to the level of anxiety that we are facing right now that we, we really have to really just face. That perhaps, and again, this is a stretch, but perhaps that 
after this, after we come out of this, you will reevaluate your anxiety levels because feeling anxious about that presentation or feeling anxious about that new job or feeling anxious about etc. whatever we kind of felt, we were sort of realized like we had it really good. We had, you know, things figured out and things were, we were really just spinning our wheels. And so this might be a way for us to sort of think back where we think, okay, if I could get through that pandemic, if I could step up, if that was that defining moment, I can tackle my anxiety from here on out. And it's not going to be perfect. It's not necessarily the ideal treatment. And it's not necessarily going to work for everyone. But if we do think of this as, you know, this is our shock therapy for those of us with baseline anxiety, I hope that this makes life a little bit better when we fast forward a couple of months. My next thought is that we all really have to step up to the plate. This is the defining moment. There's no one who is bulletproof in this situation. There's no one who's seemingly safer than others. There is, of course, the pervasive idea that it's mostly the elderly and immunocompromised who are most at risk, but there is still going to be a smaller segment of the population who does fall ill, who doesn't meet that criteria. And and it may have to do with the viral load, but it ultimately really doesn't matter because no one is necessarily bulletproof. No one is, no one has a secret answer. Nobody has the antidote for this just yet. So we all just have to step up. This is almost like just this global experience where kindness really matters and we all have to step up and act like this is our defining moment because it is. It really, it really is. So I received an email last night, which is what what sort of spun some of these ideas here, asking me to, you know, volunteer to work in inpatient. And there was, of course, a minute or two where I felt a little nervous about this because I have been, like most of us, reading the news, watching the news, listening to as many podcasts as I can. But I realized that this is what most people who go into medicine, whether it's physicians, physicians' assistants, whether it's nurses, respiratory therapists, the medical, everyone, right? The secretaries. This is what we went into medicine for. We wanted to take care of people. We wanted to take care of the sick and the ill. And this is this is the moment we've been training for. This is the defining moment. So I hope that this helps you shift your perspective a little bit. The last thing I kind of thought about is that we do have to adapt and we have to adapt really quickly, just like the virus is adapting. The virus is adapted and mutating so that it can continue to affect their host. So we have to adapt quicker. That means that we all have to take and do certain things that we're not used to. For example, I know you might hear my children in the background. And so as kids are home, as we have to work from home, we are all just going to have to adapt. I think we are doing that, but not even adapting in the next couple of weeks, but day to day. So for me, I started with, all right, I'm going to make my kids this perfect schedule. We're going to stick to it. I'm going to be their teacher. That fell apart within like a few hours. You know, they had to watch TV and that's okay because I had to do some work because I couldn't run around after my toddler for more than four hours. It's just like, that doesn't make me happy. That's not going to make our family function very well. So we all just kind of have to adapt. We have to take whatever preconceived notions we had about how we're going to tackle this and just let them sort of pan out. Everyone's going to have their moments, their minutes, their hours. 
There's certain weeks that are better than others. But again, this is going to be the defining moment, how we adapt, how kind we are, how much we can work together is going to make a humongous difference in the way we think about this going forward and looking backwards. So here's a couple of tips that I have to try and keep you happy and healthy. And many people have been putting theirs up as well. And so there's so many. And and so I kind of put this at the end just to kind of give you my own sort of flavor on how you can get through this the best. All right. I have been trying to meditate for a couple of minutes, anywhere from like two to 10 minutes, as long as I can get before I get interrupted by a dog or a kid, just to take some deep breaths. Even if you just take several deep breaths throughout the day, reset your like parasympathetic nerves, your calming nerves, just take a deep breath, take in the air, take out the air, just inhale and exhale. So try and meditate, try and breathe. If you've never done it before, there's plenty of free meditation apps. You, There is no perfect way to do it. Again, I crawl down to my basement. I sit on the cement floor because that's the place where I will be distracted the least. Actually, it's where my kids can't find me. And I will just do a couple of minutes. So try to meditate just to, again, really help center you. Try to exercise and try to exercise at home. So if you have any type of equipment, you can use body equipment. I'm sure there's going to be an explosion of things on YouTube, how to use, you know, like milk bottles to do squats. There's tons of things you can do and it does not have to be extensive. If you just do some jumping jacks, if you do some push-ups, if you do whatever you want to do from like five minutes to like half an hour, like do some exercise. And then I think the defining part of the day is taking a shower and getting dressed. It is so imperative to get dressed. I think that the motivation is low. The ability to stay in your sweatpants is like through the roof. And But it's going to make you feel frumpy. It's going to make you feel more depressed. It's going to make you feel like it's bedtime. To help yourself the most, take a shower, do your hair, even put on some makeup and get dressed. You are going to feel like a person again. And that's really, really important. Of course, reach out to your friends, reach out to your family, do FaceTime, ask them how they are, you know, provide support, etc. Do those things because you, you need to feel that social connection because we are a connected society. We bond, we work together, we're 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 like a wolf pack, right? We're we're pack animals. So connect as much as you can in, in for the people who are outside of your home. And then lastly, take up a new hobby. If you have been always wanting to like put the pictures up on your walls, if you wanted to do art, if you wanted to do knit, if you want to do anything, YouTube is like my favorite resource because you can find anyone to teach you anything that you want to do and do something productive that's going to keep your mind a little bit busier. So all those types of habits like art, reading a good book, if you've got like a library that you haven't gone to in a while, if you wanted to write, if you want to journal, if you want to do any of those things that are a little bit more on that artistic side of what you, uh, you know, would love to do if you had the time, like now is the time. And then lastly, turn off the TV. You've got to give yourself a break. You just have to give yourself a little bit of a break. You have to distance yourself a little bit from the news because you know what the news is going to say. We know how this is probably going to play out. At this point, we really know this is going to probably last for a few weeks, like 
at least probably eight weeks and maybe more. So we all know that. We know the government is working. We know that things are happening and someone's going to call you and tell you. So like, it's okay to take a break from the news. It's really, really, really helpful. You know, watch Friends, watch Seinfeld, watch your old favorite sitcom. Do something, you know, that feels like you listen to like music from like the 80s or the 90s. Just listen to things, put your earphones on and just kind of shut the world out for a little bit. You already are, but even more so. Like decrease the stimulus, to give yourself a little bit of a break. We need to try and sleep. We need to try and stay positive because this really is our defining moment. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you uh, maybe like this sort of more raw, unedited type of podcast version. Of course, you can hear my dog, you can hear my kids in the background, and that is just the way that we are adapting as are you as listeners. Again, my course, The Complete Guide to Menopause, everything you ever wanted to know that your doctor never told you is on sale because if you need a distraction, if you want to do that educational thing that you've always kind of wanted to do, I want it to be accessible to you, you can get it by going either on my Instagram page, which is at hormone.health.doc and go right to the link in my bio. It's the very first thing. You can also go to my website, heatherhirschmd.com slash course. That is where the menopause course now lives. And it is just absolutely going to provide you with a good educational distraction. Of course, all my podcasts are free. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much for listening in. All your reviews really, really matter. We are making this podcast a leading women's health podcast in the United States. And that's all because of you and your positivity and your reviews. Send this podcast to your friends. Send, and you know what? Go through some of my older ones. I've got some great podcasts on menopause basics, myths of hormone therapy, contraception for those of us who are not yet menopausal. There's so many great things and resources to just listen to, to distract yourself for a minute. If you want to find me, of course, you can find me on Instagram at hormone.health.doc. You can find me on Twitter at HeatherHirschMD and check out my website, HeatherHirschMD.com. For all things Heather Hirsch, you can look at anything that is up there for you. Thank you guys. Stay safe, stay home, and stay healthy. We'll talk soon. Bye.